Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the lead pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. Every week, we spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church by interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. We'd invite you to join us at Harvest Baptist Church this week. There are two services, 8.45 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. every Sunday. We offer Japanese and Korean translation during that 10.45 a.m. service. And that's also when we live stream at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. This week, failing to honor God's day, part two, from Exodus 20, eight through 11, as we continue our series, 10 Foolish Things People Do to Mess Up Their Lives. Let's begin today's harvest time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Hey, half a day, Chris. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of misunderstanding about how we should apply the Ten Commandments, particularly this commandment that talks about uh, the Sabbath day. You know, we talked, the title is Failing to Honor God's Day. It's interesting because, uh, you know, Christians in the not too recent past handled or treated the Sunday in a very different way than we do even today. And so the question it brings up is, is the Bible not clear about this? Why do Christians misunderstand it? Why do they disagree about it? And uh, our suggestion is that we actually think the Bible is very clear on it, and we just have to take the time to walk through exactly what does uh, the Scripture say, both in Exodus 20 and then the related passages. And so we began doing that last week, um, just trying to make sure that we have a very clear picture from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Um, And then we're going to come back to it again this Sunday, talk about some practical applications of it. And I think it'll be really interesting for you. We'd love to have you join us. It's been a great series so far. And uh, so we'd invite you to, to come to either one of those services here this Sunday morning. Well, I'm really glad to have uh, some a new part of our pastoral team here with us uh, in studio. It's really good to have uh, Pastor Noah Kephart and his wife Nikki with us. So first of all, welcome officially, you know, to KHMG and Harvest Family Radio. Yeah, it's 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 good to be here. Good to be here. You guys have been on island um, one month, I think, if I've got my calendar right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's going well. We enjoy it. Some good Jamaican grill that always helps. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're so excited. Uh, Pastor Noah has, uh, God's called him here and Nikki together as our pastor of student ministries, which would be teens ministry. Um, And both of them have a heart for discipleship that I want to talk about uh, a lot here uh, today. And then Nikki uh, is overseeing our hub, our coffee shop, and but just really uh, has a heart for discipleship, discipling teens and ladies, and uh, we're so excited that God has brought you guys here. Um, let's uh, let's back up a little bit to your story. Um, let me ask you how you guys met. Maybe I'll give it to you, Nikki, first. Tell us how you guys, how you two got together. <laughs> well, it all starts with uh, family, actually. Uh, Noah was a student at Faith Baptist Bible College in Iowa, and um, several of my cousins were also there. He played basketball with my cousin Ben and just got really close with the whole family and got to know them really well. And um, the one day, I guess my cousin Bethany was just saying, hey, 
I have this cousin that I really think you would connect well with, and I think you should uh, get to know her and everything. So she was the one that actually instigated it all um, and got him to reach out to me, and we started talking, and the rest is history. So it's the cousin, right? Yeah, That's it's the, the cousin one. connection. She is the real MVP. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And you, you've been married how long now, Nikki? Eight years. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, expecting your first child. Yeah, expecting our first in December, so next month. Yeah, it's coming up. We're so excited for that. Um, Noah, let, let's back up on your story. Uh, tell us where you grew up um, and lead that into you know how God's been working in your life. Yeah, I grew up in the cornfields of Iowa, beautiful, beautiful Iowa. <laughs> uh, graduated from a public school uh, in southeastern Iowa, loved basketball, uh, made my way to camp, uh, the summer after my senior year, summer after I graduated, not sure kind of where I was going with the future, uh, made my way to camp. God saved me at camp, landed me then at Faith Baptist Bible College, uh, where I met Nikki's uh, cousin, who who the did the real this, MVP, who who made this happen. I'm very thankful for that. Uh, landed at Faith, uh, not really sure kind of where I was going, what I was doing. Uh, but God used the time there in the dorms around other men, other guys that love Jesus, uh, wanted to serve him. God used that, the classes, the classroom, the chapels. I still remember chapels from my freshman, sophomore, junior years uh, to really give me a burden for for serving the Lord, a uh, burden for ministry, uh, specifically missions. So I ended up going down to uh, – spent. Uh, took two different trips to China, but ended up going down to Peru for 11 months. And that was kind of the bulk of, of the college experience, um, 11 months working with, with uh, missionaries in Peru, uh, seeing what missions was, was all about. And then went back, graduated, uh, thinking uh, the mission field was going to be, uh, was gonna be where, uh, where I served the Lord. Uh, started traveling, recruiting for faith for uh, about five years. And at the end of that five years, Uh, The goal there was to, I'm going to have a a network of pastors that I know, a network of churches that are familiar with me because I've been recruiting for for faith. Uh, The deputation should be very easy. Mm. Um, That was kind of the the thinking there. Got done with those five years, and that's when Bethany uh, introduced Nikki and I, and and, and Nikki had a heart for for ministry, a heart to serve the Lord. Um, So yeah, we started, started dating, got married. Uh, and then uh, served in a church in uh, just in a, in a lay role in, in uh, Pennsylvania for a year, traveled, recruited for faith for two years as a married couple, and then uh, actually pastored in Pennsylvania for two years. And that was the first introduction to Harvest. That's when yeah. it came out summer 2019, speak yeah, at right. camp uh, for two weeks that summer, uh, and saw the ministry out here, uh, enjoyed that. Nikki wasn't able to come with me for that trip, uh, but then uh, God moved us from you know, pastoral ministry uh, back to Faith Baptist Bible College, and we've been serving the last two years in the the student life department at Faith. Um, but then, uh, through a lot of conversations this past spring, uh, God just very clearly, and I, and I think we can both look at that and say, God very clearly led us uh, out here, and God used a number of things to do that. Um, but ultimately, His 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 word. Uh, and using others to to encourage us in his word uh, is what, what got us here. So let me back you up to the high school years. Did you grow up, uh, you know, in a Christian home, non Christian home? Uh, I grew up in a home where mom uh, made sure that we were in church. Uh, dad was not um, 
if he was a believer, uh, not much of a spiritual uh, spiritual leader, spiritual encouragement. Uh, but mom made sure we were in church. Uh, the the gospel just wasn't a real thing. Uh, when I was seven, I prayed a prayer, kind of get out. Of, if if you don't want to go to hell, pray this prayer. And that's that's not salvation. If you look at what the Bible teaches about salvation, mm-hmm. uh, it's not an attempt to get out of a really bad place. Um, salvation is being saved from the sins that separate us from a holy God. Uh, and so when I was 18, that, that became very real to me. Um, it's probably not that unusual in some settings, right? Um, even as you're working with teens and young people, um, for sure the Bible talks about the reality of an e- eternal heaven, eternal hell. There's some validity to that, of course, but the idea of just an escape, that's really not how the Bible describes genuine faith, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's uh, I mean, the Bible describes it. Um, we are separated from God, and after salvation, uh, we have peace with God, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Um, salvation is talked about within the, the, within the, the, the realm of a relationship with God, so... So then you're, um, you said you really came to faith after high school. Tell me what your teen years were like, high school years. Uh, I liked basketball. Okay. And I liked girls. <laughs> that was life. Like, yeah. I didn't care about school. I didn't care about homework. Uh, I love playing basketball. Um, I love playing basketball. Yeah. So that was, that was my... That was my world. And it's a fantastic story about how, you know, God really gripped your heart. I mean, that probably, that love probably wouldn't have sent you to Faith Baptist Bible College. So that summer was really Yeah, that summer was, was huge. Yeah. Um, and, and really, uh, I, had a, I had a lady in our church that, that I grew up in. Uh, I got saved and she cornered me one Sunday and uh, very strongly encouraged me. She's she's a super short lady. She's like 5'2". <laughs> and I'm 6'4". I'm, I'm like towering above her. And she very strongly encouraged me uh, one year at a Bible college, uh, which is what her son had done. One year at Bible college would be incredibly valuable. And so the initial goal there was even just one year. And God turned one year into two, into four, um, really 20 years later. Very thankful for that little conversation uh, that, that God used this, this wonderful, wonderful old lady um, to, to steer me towards towards a place like faith. It's so interesting. You know, I had some time with our our high school seniors in our academy today, uh, about, I think there's 55 seniors, and we actually were talking about that exact thing, that uh, one decision made in a very short period of time has a dramatic effect on your future. I mean, your whole direction of your life changed in that summer. Yep. And that commitment first to God and then to follow him, and then you know that one decision just dramatically changed everything, which is true for a lot of us. The whole direction of our life you know, changes. It's a thrilling story. Thank you. Let's back up for you. Tell me about um, your family and then your, your uh, walk of faith. Yeah, so I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was actually a camp director, so I grew up at camp. I was a uh, staff brat and everything, so <laughs> great life. Um, so my parents were really faithful in teaching me the truth of the gospel and scripture. We were in church every time the doors were open, all that. Um, so uh, God saved me when I was six. Um, I was later baptized at twelve, um, and I really did. I was I was a what you would call pretty good kid, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say that I had a deep, meaningful walk with the Lord through my teen years. 
Um, and same through college. I was steady. I was doing all the right things, saying all the right things, but not a deep walk with the Lord. Um, so after college, uh, I mean, we were just talking about decisions. Um, I started making a lot of small, selfish, prideful decisions that led me away from the Lord for several years, where I just lived for myself, essentially. Mm. But um, but God is so faithful, and in His grace, continued to co- consistently be calling me back to Himself, consistently reminding me of His love, of the truth that I already knew. And so... Um, so he brought me back to himself, and it was at that point that I was truly like surrendered. Okay, God, wherever you want me, mm. uh, full time ministry, missions, wherever you want me, this is you know my life is yours. Um, and so it was probably, man, another year and a half after that is when Noah and I started talking. It's cool to hear you know your stories that are different. Um, you know kind of in the same group in the same general area, but very, you know, very different for your families, um, which I think probably helps you in your effectiveness with teens because teens are coming from all different backgrounds. Um, Nikki, let me ask you this, though. We have, you know, a number of teens from good families. They, They come to church regularly. Families love the Lord. What was it about your family or even just your walk that, you know, you said you walked away with some selfish self-serving things, what was it that drew you back? And can you give me anything about your family that was very significant? Um, I mean, I think my family was very good about, they weren't trying to jump in and berate me for every bad decision I made, even though they had a complete right to, but they were consistent in reminding me of truth and reminding me of their own love um, throughout that whole time. Um, but really, it did come down to the fact that I was saved. I did have the Holy Spirit indwelling me, which means that was a consistent conviction um, and opposition to the way I was living. Uh, so it really was God's Holy Spirit working in my life that finally brought me back. And that just reminder of His love, the truth of the Scripture, um, and even the reminder of the Gospel and what He'd done um, to save me. There's a common theme that both of you said almost in some of the same words, uh, interest in either one of you uh, interacting with this, but there was a point when you surrendered your life to whatever God wanted you to do. What did that mean? Why was that significant? I, I would say our our previous boss at Faith Baptist Bible College, uh, Mark Davis, uh, who serves as vice president of enrollment, uh, he sums it up well uh, just by asking the question, how can God get the most out of my life? And it's that realization um, God has done so much for us. And I think we could both look at our lives and say God has done so much for us, saving us, uh, sustaining us, uh, putting people in our lives to encourage us, to challenge us, God using his word to encourage us, challenge us. Uh, why wouldn't we want to live for him? And that's and that's the the, the message even that, that Paul uses in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the love of Christ constrains us, controls us. And so for us, it's it's looking at if we have one life uh, to live, why wouldn't we want to live that life in service to to our King? Why wouldn't we want to live that life in service to a God who loved us so much to send His Son for us? So to be utterly faithful to us, uh, regardless of where where life where life takes us, where choices take us. Yeah, so. yeah, right on. And it doesn't mean that 
you know, that decision didn't mean you're going to be in ministry necessarily. It meant that whatever God's plan was for you, you were sur- surrendered to it, yep. whatever he said. Yeah. Anything to add to that, Nikki? No, I don't think so. I mean, just um, in those years before I fully surrendered, I was trying to live my life for myself. And that was just so empty and so unfulfilling. Um, so when I finally did make that decision to surrender, um, it's just incredible the way that God has blessed. Mm. Um, we were with a missionary um, in Brazil in May, and he gave this great illustration of like God just holding his hand full of blessings over you and saying, I'm just asking you to be obedient. And then I have all these blessings for you for your life. And uh, when you finally choose surrender and choose to obey, you um, experience so much blessing in just the peace um, that you find in the rest you find, the joy you find in your relationship with Christ. Well, I appreciate that clarity because for everybody that's a follower of Jesus, there there really are two significant steps. Sometimes they come very close together, but for a lot of people, they're, they're separated in some ways. There's a step of salvation, which puts you into God's family or adopted into God's family. There's never anything that will affect that relationship. Um, but there there is this continual um, commitment of surrender, which God, here is my life. Sometimes it comes in big major decisions, like you guys both described, and then always it comes in almost every day, because our, our tendency is to try to grab it back and grab it back and to continue to say, Lord, I give my life to you. I, I love you guys talking about that, even as I think about the future of our teens, um, for them to be able to hear and know and see in your lives that there's a place where you, you're going to have to determine whether you're going to really, truly give God, surrender your life to God, um, and then the blessing that he desires to give to us from that. I really, really love that. No, you talked about this a little bit, but what, what brought you to harvest? Not not just, you know, kind of superficial, but but what was it that God was doing in your life? And Nikki, maybe you can comment on that too. I mean, I grew up in a cornfield. Uh, <laughs> there are cornfields in Iowa bigger than Guam, which may not be a complete exaggeration. That's maybe close. not, yeah. Uh, never would I thought I'd, that, that God would move us. I mean, I graduated from high school, didn't know Guam existed because I paid super great attention in geography <laughs> and history classes. Uh, never would I thought that God would have moved us out here. Um, we were serving at Faith uh, in a student life role, working with students, college students that, that are, were preparing for, for a life of ministry. Uh, for the most part, they loved God, excited to grow, uh, excited to be there. Uh, and when I contrasted that with what God is doing here at Harvest, there are those teens, specifically talking about teens, there are those teens that, that love God, uh, want to get, they want God to get the most out of their lives. But there's a lot of teens here um, on an island that they're sorting through who God is, um, does he exist, what has he done for me, um, should I serve him? Mm-hmm. They're asking those basic questions, and the answers to those questions will direct where they spend, where they spend their lives. More importantly, where they spend eternity. And so, for me, it was it was an opportunity to um, help, hopefully, help teens answer that question: um, Does God exist? And He does. And if He does, 
is he worthy of my life? Hmm. Uh, and I want to I want to come alongside teens and and help them help them answer those questions. Uh, so when the opportunity came up, Amen. you know my my there there are, there have been men that have been super influential in my life. Uh, you know, Doc O, who is no stranger to Harvest. Um, you know, he's had a a good influence on my life. Uh, I've spent a lot of time the last couple of years with with a guy named Marty Heron, um, and he has had a, a good influence on my life and 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 his encouragement to even think about, pray about, pursue ministry uh, here at Harvest, um, a place that he loved dearly and served dearly. Um, Dr. Heron's influence was was super helpful. Mm-hmm. So, discipleship. You know, it's the mission of the church, making disciples. I know you guys are burdened for that uh, among the church in general. God's called you as a pastor, part of our shepherd team, the church in general, and then with a very specific focus with with uh, with our teens. Um, Nikki, maybe I could ask you this first. Uh, how has God shaped your burden for discipleship, and how do you see that being um, lived out here? Yeah, kind of, kind of building off what Noah was saying. I mean, we've spent the past several years working with college students at a Christian college, so they've reached that point, most of them, of making the decision of I want to follow Christ. I want to see how God can use my life, um, and that's awesome. That's what makes them a joy to work with. Um, it's exciting to to watch God work in their life and grow them and, and point them in that direction. Um, but the piece that really um, burdened us for harvest is getting in before that decision's made and, and helping teens think through that and helping them um, realize that life is so much more than the the small vision they have of high school um, and that there's just so much that God can do with them and with their lives if they just surrender um, and just the impact that they can have. Oh, I love that. No, anything to add to that? I mean, we can, we can both look at people that have invested greatly in our lives, um, and that is discipleship, mm-hmm. uh, and to be able to, to entrust to faithful men, uh, faithful women, faithful teenagers who will be able to teach others also that that's Paul's heartbeat in 2 Timothy chapter 2. People have done that in our lives. People have invested well in our lives. We're a product of God using others, um, and at the end of the day, we want to be a tool uh, that God uses in, in the lives of others. So, and that is, that is discipleship. We want others to, to love God more. Mm-hmm. Well, we're excited about God calling you here and your willingness to say yes and the burdens, the gifts that he's placed inside, uh, in you and, um, and how that's going to f- uh, figure itself out in the next you know, coming years. We're really thrilled. Um, could you guys give us just a little bit of you know, some of the stuff practically that's going on in Heart for Christ. Um, anything, just a, c- a couple specific things, like say somebody's listening, parent or a teen, and they're like, man, I, I, I want my kids you know, to really be at a place where, where that kind of a spirit and that kind of an intentional mission is at stake. What, what are some of the things they can get involved with? Yeah, so we want to be very intentional on Wednesday nights, Heart for Christ, 7 o'clock here at Harvest Baptist Church. I would give you the address but I don't have it memorized yet because we haven't been here that long. Uh, but we have been studying through uh, things Jesus never said. Uh, popular ideas in within Christianity that are just blatantly uh, false 
or they're half true, half false. Um, so tonight, or not tonight, it's Tuesday, uh, when we're recording this, on Wednesday night, we're going to look at uh, the phrase, God, God, God is angry with you and, and wants to ruin your life. And there's this idea within, you know, that can be there within broad Christianity that if we mess up once, God is this, this um, angry, vengeful God in the heavens that if he sees us make one bad choice, make one bad step, have one bad thought, that he just starts throwing lightning bolts down in our lives. And we want to correct that. We want to use the story of Jonah because the story of Jonah uh, is a story of, of God being utterly patient, utterly faithful, utterly loving towards Jonah, but also towards those that Jonah had been called to reach. Um, so we want to spend time in God's Word. All that to say, we want to spend time in God's Word every Wednesday night. Uh, and then we want to be very intentional about discipleship. So we have uh, about 15 uh, youth leaders, uh, some staff here at Harvest Christian Academy, um, some some members here at Harvest Baptist Church, some some students at Harvest Baptist Bible College. We break up into small groups, um, and, and we let uh, within the confines of, of these small groups, uh, we let our youth leaders um, lead discussion and hopefully imprint um, their lives. Uh, very much what Paul said: "Follow me as I follow Christ." Imprint their lives on the lives of our teens. So we, we want to emphasize the word and we want to emphasize discipleship every Wednesday night. Yeah. And those people are so important. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, Wednesday night ministry kind of heart for Christ, it's the focus of it. Uh, I know you have a group group that meets on uh, Sunday nights as well. Um, and uh, then some periodic activities, a number of things going on. But in, in my mind, it really is the people that are there and the opportunity for them to connect. Um, and we've said this, I mean, I kind of the dream or the goal of uh, Harvest uh, Teen Ministry, just, we talk about this a little bit with children's ministry too, is that that we just believe that if you've got teens, um, you'd have to be crazy not to have them involved in the ministry here. Uh, you know, if we just really feel like it's going to be a place where there's going to be a nurturing spirit and a no, number of people that will come alongside you as parents in uh, the really challenging task of you know raising young people that would love the Lord. And so, um, yeah, we're excited about it, excited about the future. Thank you guys for your willingness to serve. We're looking forward to what God's going to do. So um, welcome again. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, at this point in the program, we always want to personally invite you to services at Harvest Baptist Church. This Sunday, two services, 8.45 a.m., 10.45 a.m. There's Japanese and Korean translation available during the 10.45 a.m. service. We also live stream at that time at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. We hope to see you this Sunday. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.